The departure of former Liberal Cabinet Minister Alan Tudge presents both a challenge and a potential opportunity for the Coalition. His once safe seat of Aston in Melbourne's southeastern suburbs was reduced to a margin of just 2.8% at the last federal election. With former Treasurer Josh Frydenberg now ruling himself out as a potential Liberal candidate in the by-election, the party has an opportunity to bring greater diversity into its ranks. Tony Barry is the former Deputy State Director of the Victorian Liberal Party, turned pollster. He's now at Redbridge. He's one of those who briefed the Federal Coalition in the wake of last year's election defeat, and he joins us on breakfast. Tony Barry, welcome. Okay, thank you for the invite. Should he have uh, quit before the election? Would have that made it easier for Peter Dutton? Uh, absolutely, but you know, this is the hand they've been dealt, so you've got to move forward. Alan Tudge played a key role in administering robo-debt, his affair with that staffer and her subsequent uh, bullying claim was, of course, headline news. He was engulfed in controversy. Uh, has he done the party a favour by quitting or is this timing going to be difficult? Well, the timing is going to be difficult. It would have been in an ideal world, as you noted. It would have been better if he had left uh, at the last election, uh, but uh, as the case may be, uh, he's leaving now. Um, uh, but I think, you know, um, sometimes it's hard to sort of accept that your career is finished, uh, but he's now come to that realisation and he's moving on. There was speculation Josh Frydenberg was going to stand for the seat, but, but he's, he's told his colleagues he won't, won't be drafted, not interested right now. He doesn't rule out future attempts at coming back. Would this have been a good opportunity for him to make a comeback? Would Aston have been easy for someone like Josh Frydenberg? Well, I think there's a couple of factors. The first one is that uh, we had a federal election review, the Liberal Party, uh, handed down its findings in December, and I think recommendation 28 was about a 50% female target. So I think it's not great if the Liberal Party then goes and pre-selects a bloke. Um, so, you know, it's like going to your doctor, uh, being diagnosed with diabetes, and then on the way home you pick up a Mars bar and a milkshake. So I think from that perspective, uh, the, the party has no choice but to pre-select a woman. Uh, it would send a terrible message if uh, we went down the path of uh, of picking a male. Um, so I think that sort of, you know, slams the door shut on, on you know, any aspirations in that regard. Okay. So there's the gender question. And, of course, you did brief the Federal Liberal Party about uh, the sort of broader demographic shifts. What kind of opportunity does this provide? Is it just about gender? What other issues are going on in an electorate like this? Well, I think it's a, it's a great opportunity for the Liberal Party because, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're in that sort of rebuilding phase. Um, it's an opportunity to present, uh, you know, a great candidate that speaks to new constituencies that we're perhaps not sort of properly representing and speaking to. And, um, you know, we do have a problem with young professional women in particular. Uh, so there's an opportunity now to sort of, you know, really hit the refresh button and um, and sort of, you know, pick someone who's going to be a part of the future, not a part of the past. You're also, of course, term pollster, you're at Redbridge. You know this electorate, it's demographics. It's now very marginal. It wasn't always this, the case, though. It's been made quite a marginal seat. Would a Teal candidate be competitive in this seat? Would Labor be competitive? How do you see it? Well, I think Albanese will run. Um, you know, he's not, not himself to be clear, no, no, but no. a candidate. Uh, he, he will, I think, he'll be irresistible to run a candidate. Uh, the government has not won a government has not won a seat off the opposition since 1920 in a by-election. So it's an irresistible force for the PM to, you know, who's never been known to be generous to his opponents, 
uh, to really put his foot on the throat of the Liberal Party because it would be a devastating blow to lose it. That you, said... You think they could lose it? Well, it's a 2.8 margin. I mean, you know, he wouldn't be sort of uh, overly confident. But I think, you know, some of that vote, some of that vote in the last election was... There was a an, a, a, an anti-Tudge sentiment, without doubt. I don't think it was an overwhelming sentiment, but that was there. So you've got to factor that in. But, um, you know, it's a seat the Libs should hold, but I think Labor will be competitive. And, of course, if you've got lots of independents and miners throwing their hat in the ring and fragmenting the vote, such as, uh, you know, I think Simon Holmes of Court was reported yesterday saying they'd, they'd take a bit of a look-see. So, uh, you know, it's, um, it's going to be a white-knuckle ride. Oh, yeah. Melbourne City Councillor Rashina Campbell is considered to be a front-runner now. If, is she kind of the best choice what, or are you going to be all back here? I haven't seen sort of reported names this morning, but I think, you know, um, the sort of, you know, the, the sort of uh, candidate we're looking for speaks to new constituencies that sort of, you know, is, is representing us, uh, showing a broader sort of uh, um, um, representation. So this is this is a big test for Peter Dutton. That's the framing here, and you can see why. Peter Dutton hasn't always been seen as being particularly popular in in Victoria. Does that play? Was that will that play out here? No, I don't. I think this is actually sort of quite separate, you know, to to what's going on in Canberra. And um, I think you know, as I said, there's there's sort of Victorian factors involved. I think Labor does want to make, you know, Victoria sort of the, the coalition's version of Queensland, sort of the red wall, if you want to use that sort of terminology. So they've got a lot of uh, incentive. You know, we do know that Victoria is um, hard work for the coalition, uh, the Massachusetts of the South, as some refer to it. So, uh, In fact, and, former Prime Minister John Howard. Yep. And, uh, and so I think, you know, in that regard, there's going to be, uh, you know, an irresistible force, as I said, for, for Labor to get involved and to run hard and to take that seat and to really make Victoria, you know, the Labor heartland. We've only got a minute till the news, but is is cost of living the number one issue, though, in a seat like that? What sort of issues are at play? Yeah, cost of living is still, you know, the, the, the Taylor Swift of, of issues right now. It is, you know, uh, overwhelmingly the issue that is exercising the mind of voters. Uh, you know, climate change and other issues are still in that top three, still very salient. But uh, uh, the cost of living as a relationship with housing affordability is still an incredibly important issue for people. And, you know, this is where Labor are vulnerable because they're not seeing relief. They're seeing the opposite. Um, you know, um, the, the problem with playing the politics of grievance like Albanese and Labor did in the last election is that now it's their turn. Tony Barry, always excellent to pick your brain. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Tony Barry is a former Liberal Party strategist turned pollster. He's at Redbridge now. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.